With all that's happening today in Israel and the Middle East, you should be reading Israel My Glory magazine. Be sure to get a one-year free subscription of timely, insightful articles on trends that impact Israel and the Christian world. You can do all of this at foiradio.org. Welcome to the Friends of Israel Today. I'm Steve Conover, and with me is our host and teacher, Chris Katulka. The big news still making headlines today is President Trump's recognition of Jerusalem as Israel's capital. That's right, Steve. And the nations have been going crazy ever since. Ever since President Donald Trump announced his position on moving the embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. And so today on the program, Jerusalem-based and friend of the program, Josh Reinstein, will join us to talk about the momentous decision President Trump made last month and the Israelis' reaction finally to see the U.S. Embassy in Jerusalem. Josh is the president of Israel Allies Foundation and the director of the Knesset Christian Allies Caucus. And then I'll be sharing my view on President Trump's decision to finally move the embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem, and then apples of gold. Josh, great to have you on the program. There's been a lot going on um, in Jerusalem over the past month. On December 6th, uh, President Donald Trump recognized Jerusalem as Israel's capital. And, you know, for me, Josh, we, I already knew that. And I'm sure you did, too. For 70 years, uh, Jerusalem has been Israel's capital. And it's finally something that uh, Donald Trump really set forth a great standard to say as a a sovereign nation, we recognize Jerusalem as Israel's capital. Can you can you speak into a little bit what Israelis were thinking? We know what Americans were thinking over here, but what what were Israelis thinking when they heard uh, the statement that uh, President Trump gave? Well, there's a lot of excitement here in Jerusalem. Uh, as you pointed out, we knew this for 3,000 years. Uh, Jerusalem is the uh, undivided capital of the state of Israel. It's never been a capital of any other people other than the Jewish people. And uh, the fact that the United States, the, the number one uh, leader in the world, free world, came out and said it so clearly uh, was a huge uh, point of celebration here in Jerusalem. And I would say that, according to the polls that came out since then, uh, president Trump, even though he may be unpopular in other parts of the world, is the most popular uh, president in Israel since Ronald Reagan. So it's a, it's a real testament to how people are really thankful for, for his strong statement on Jerusalem. And, and as you know, I mean, it was the reality is this. It was already U.S. law to recognize uh, Jerusalem as Israel's capital. It was written back in 1995, the Jerusalem Embassy Act. It was a bipartisan agreement in the United States, Democrats and Republicans working together to push forward this, uh, this uh, bill to say Jerusalem is Israel's capital and the embassy should should be there. Uh, you know, so it was something that was important to both Democrats and Republicans here. And and the sentiments, I'm sure, are the same in Israel. But the reality is this. For many Israelis, I think it's a big deal here in the United States, but for many Israelis, they woke up and it was the same uh, capital as it was the day before. Is, isn't that right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, for all intents and purposes, uh, no one can deny that Jerusalem is the capital of Israel. Our parliament here, our Supreme Court here, uh, all the thrones of government sit in Jerusalem, and when, when any visiting politician comes, they come to Jerusalem to meet with our prime minister, our president, 
so yeah, it's true. But at the same time, there is a lot of disappointment because every president uh, since uh, the MBC Act was signed in 1995 has campaigned on the issue that they will finally, once and for all, put this absurdity to rest and recognize Jerusalem and sign that into law. Uh, and from Bush to Clinton to the next Bush and then to uh, um, Obama, they all made these uh, promises on the campaign trail. But then once they were elected... They would hide behind this whole security uh, thing, uh, you know, for security reasons, we're not going to do it, even though we do recognize it. Now, I, I think the, the big excitement here in Israel is that Trump not only said it during his campaign, but when he was elected, he made good on the promise. And, and, and people really like that, you know, the fact that he, when you know where you stand with President Trump, and I think that's why it was such a popular move, and it, it's having an incredible effect around the world. Now, you know, people look at it from both sides of the coin, and the other side is, well, look, this stops peace now. But Trump made it clear this does not stop peace. It only allows us to look at truth, the truth and the reality that Jerusalem is Israel's capital. Josh, why does this help peace? Why is this something that can help the peace process between the Israelis and the Palestinians? Uh, This is probably the, the single best move to help peace in the Middle East. And the reason it is is because uh, what always happened in negotiations for a peaceful settlement is that Jerusalem was always an impediment because Israel made it very clear they will never divide Jerusalem. Every prime minister left to right here in Israel says it, and every time uh, they speak that Jerusalem is off the table. Yet the, the PA always tried to negotiate Jerusalem, and it would always get stuck on the issue of Jerusalem. And so there was, it was a, 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 some, it's my, it's my, uh, there was a situation where you know, there was never going to be peace because Jerusalem was always obstacle. Well, now that obstacle is taken off the table. It's now very clear. Uh, Jerusalem is the capital. The Israeli government is not going to negotiate it. The American government is recognizing the fact it's the capital. Now let's put that aside and let's make peace. And, and I think this will have an incredible effect on people who really want peace. Unfortunately, on the other side of the Palestinian Authority, they don't want peace. So this is a great excuse. Well, the excuse is gone now. Were the Palestinians thinking, you know, in, in the past that that Israel would be forced out of Jerusalem altogether? Is that the way they were thinking when, when, they, when they would negotiate Jerusalem uh, or use it as a negotiating tool for uh, Jerusalem being a capital of the, a future Palestinian state? I think it was worse than that. I think the PA doesn't want to make peace with Israel. Uh, their, their whole budget, their whole... Uh, you know, apparatus is based on the fact that there is not peace. You know, they get tons of money from the international community, and they use that money to promote a war against Israel. And if they had peace, they'd have to use that money to build roads, to invest in schools. So I think it was very convenient for the PA to have the issue of Jerusalem there, so they could say, look, you know, we do want peace, but we want Jerusalem, and they're not willing to give Jerusalem. And that's why it's so significant that now Jerusalem's off the table, because now they don't have that issue as a as a, uh, an issue to hide behind. They really, if they, if they sit down at the negotiating table, they'll have to negotiate a peace. And I don't think you're going to see that. I don't think the PA is going to come to the negotiating table because that's the last thing they want. I think you're right. And Josh, it's amazing to see how the nations are raging over uh, the U.S. recognizing Jerusalem. It's almost as if they don't know what to do with themselves, even to the point where at the U.N., Recently, uh, the U.N. was willing to come together, the Security Council, to come together to uh, essentially abolish the U.S. recognition of Jerusalem as Israel's capital, but forgetting the fact that the United States is a sovereign country and has the right to make whatever decisions or to put whatever embassy they wish 
wherever they wished. Could you, could you talk a little bit about how all of the nations are kind of going crazy right now over Trump's decision? Well, there's, there's two major points uh, that need to be made and that were, were pretty shocking to me when this all happened. Uh, the, look, Israel's a convenient whipping boy for the world and always has been because we don't have the oil wealth of the 22 Arab nations around us. And we have one vote in the U.N. compared to 22 Arab votes, many more Muslim votes. So politically and economically, it's always a good idea for a country to stand against Israel if you don't put values and beliefs ahead of uh, economic and political concerns. So it wasn't a surprise that the nations railed against it, but the two things that we saw that was surprising is, number one, that the Arab nations like Saudi Arabia and Bahrain, who, who came out against it, they're pretty quiet on the issue. They're not as uh, outgoing against it as you would think. You would think there'd be, you know, fires in the streets and, and you know, calls for boycotts, and they've pretty much held their calm, which is a, a really telltale uh, sign uh, of really what they think about the issue. On the other hand, another thing that was surprising is, like you said, you know, the, here are these nations that are, are getting aid from America, that are supposed to be friends with America, and they're not attacking uh, Israel. They're attacking an American decision. The president has made a decision not for Israel, but for the well-being of the American people. And they're saying that you made this decision for your people. Well, we disagree with it. We're going to try to reverse it. And that's an outrage. I think Nikki Haley, a couple weeks back, made it very clear that we're keeping score of who's voting against America on this. If you want to interfere in our internal politics, uh, you got you got a, a civics lesson coming your way. That's right. She said we're taking names. Isn't that great? That's what uh, for 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 her. Uh, she's only representing what the Trump administration wants to do. And the Trump administration, I, I'm reading here right here in the Guardian, it says that they take this issue personally. Uh, can you talk a little bit about this? You know, this issue of Jerusalem is for most people. It's a personal issue. Why Why is it so personal? Why do? Why can it divide people? Uh, something that's fact. You know, Israel's been, uh, Jerusalem's been Israel's capital for 70 years as the modern state, 3,000 years going back to biblical history. Why is it so personal, Josh? It's so personal because it's really uh, connected to a belief system. Uh, what, with this whole idea that you know, land for peace is the magic formula, and that this is really a, a fight between two people over a, a piece of real estate, is a complete falsehood. This is a clash of civilizations, and it's it's basically a fight between people who believe in the Bible and people who don't. And the fact that God is reestablishing Israel in the land of Israel, and the prophecies are being fulfilled with the ingathering of the exiles, with us becoming a light to the nations, with the dry bones of Ezekiel becoming a nation, is something that is very scary to a lot of people. And they believe that by dividing Jerusalem, and it's not really dividing Jerusalem, they want to take away Jerusalem. East Jerusalem is Jerusalem. When they say divide Jerusalem, they're saying, give away East Jerusalem. And they believe by doing this, they can stop God's plan for Israel. And I know that for, for secular listeners or people who you know go about their everyday life, they say, oh, no, that can't be, that's a biblical point of view. But it's not the case. The Middle East is a very religious place. There are people who are very devout Muslims, people who are very devout Jews, and people who are very devout Christians. And they see this from a biblical point of view. That's what this conflict is about. It's a fight between the people of the book, as they call it, both Jews and Christians, and those who are against us, whether it be uh, Muslims or atheists or, or people who just don't believe in this, uh, uh, the, the veracity of the, the Bible. We've been speaking with Josh Reinstein, president of the Israel Allies Foundation and director of the Christian Allies Caucus. Uh, Josh is right there in Jerusalem, giving us insight as to what the people of Israel are thinking about the recent uh, decision for President Trump to finally recognize Jerusalem as Israel's capital. And it's been insightful. It's been uh, educational. Josh, thank you so much for joining us today. It's 
always great to be on the show, and I hope to uh, do the next show when you're here in Jerusalem. Get on over here. Let's do it. It'll be great. Thanks a lot, Josh. Take care. Have a good one. Bye. God said to Abraham in Genesis 13, Lift your eyes now and look from the place where you are, northward, southward, eastward, and westward, for all the land which you see I give to you and your descendants forever. The simple truth of this verse is being lost to many today. The promises of God to Israel from the scriptures are still relevant. In the media, the tiny democracy of Israel is demonized. But no matter what happens in this world, of this we can be sure, Israel will endure because God has promised it. And that's why we want to introduce you to Dr. Elwood McQuaid's book, For the Love of Zion. Dr. McQuaid sheds light on the political and historical events of the Middle East from a biblical worldview. Discover the broad scope of controversies that lie behind the headlines. You'll see the real issues that are seldom clarified in the struggle between Israel and its enemies. This book will help you see clearly where history is taking us. And that's why I want to encourage you to purchase a copy of For the Love of Zion today. After reading it, you'll know the issues and have a greater confidence in the God we serve. You can order your copy at foiradio.org or you can call our listener line, 888-343-6940. One more time, that is 888-343-6940 or foiradio.org. So it really is a new day in U.S.-Israel relations now that President Trump and his administration took the bold step to officially recognize Jerusalem as Israel's capital and to move the embassy or to vow to move the embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. And as President Trump said in his speech a few weeks ago, he said this, Today, we finally acknowledge the obvious that Jerusalem is Israel's capital. That is nothing more or less than a recognition of reality. It is also the right thing to do. And President Trump is right. This is a recognition of reality. In fact, something that's quite interesting is that Trump's announcement to recognize Jerusalem as Israel's capital fell on the exact same day in the Hebrew calendar. It's the 19th of Kislev. When Israel's first prime minister, David Ben-Gurion, declared Jerusalem the capital of modern Israel in 1949. President Trump and even his predecessors were right. All of them agreed that Jerusalem is the capital of Israel. But President Trump is the only sitting president to take tangible steps to not only say it, but to declare it and to move the embassy like I said, from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. And the reason that this is so important is due to the fact that Israel is a sovereign nation. And every sovereign nation has a right to choose where to place their capital city. And it should be no surprise that Israel, the Jewish state, uh, chose the ancient city, Jerusalem, established by King David from the Bible 3,000 years ago. It's the place where the Israelite prophets preached. It's the place where the Jewish temples once stood. It was the center of Jewish life. Jewish people have been praying annually for Jerusalem and facing Jerusalem. They've prayed for Jerusalem during Passover and Yom Kippur and weekly as they recite the Amidah prayer. And for Christians like us, it's where Jesus himself taught and celebrated the Jewish festivals. It's where he suffered, died, 
and resurrected. Jerusalem is at the heart of the Jewish faith, and for almost 70 years, it's been the place where Israel's government meets at the Knesset. Other government functions for Israel take place in Jerusalem. It's where the prime minister's residents are and where the Israeli Supreme Court presides. Folks, it's the capital of Israel. Most, if not all countries, have made a political choice to put their embassies to Israel in Tel Aviv to essentially try to appease the Palestinian and Muslim world who wish to see East Jerusalem as the capital of a future Palestinian state. It's the world choosing fear over truth. Even though past presidents called Jerusalem the capital of Israel, they chose fear over truth by refusing to move the embassy to Jerusalem. Now, President Trump did something that will hopefully have a domino effect throughout the world. He chose truth over fear. And let me tell you, there's no getting around the truth. Jerusalem is the capital city of Israel. It always has been and it always will be. And to deny Israel's right to choose Jerusalem as its own capital is unjust. I also want to add, President Trump did not eliminate the possibility of peace between Palestinians and Israelis. In his speech, he said that he wants an agreement that is a great deal for Israelis and a great deal for the Palestinians. He, he promised not to take any position of any final status issues, including the specific boundaries of Israeli sovereignty in Jerusalem or the resolution of contested borders. He, he, he vowed that those are questions that are up to the parties that are involved. That's the Israelis and Palestinians, the UN, America, the EU. They don't have the right to determine those boundaries. It comes down to the Israelis and Palestinians alone. And he's right. The parties have to decide what's best for the two of them. But if the Palestinians were ever thinking for one moment that there could be a day Jerusalem would not be the capital of Israel, they were just flat out wrong. And Trump's statement helps to build a future peace plan that's rooted in truth, not lies, and certainly not fear. Israel, on the verge of becoming a state, a teenage Holocaust survivor arrives on her shores alone. His name is Svi Kalisher. Little did he know his search for a new life in the Holy Land would lead him to the Messiah. Svi, enthusiastic to share his faith, engaged others in spiritual conversations, many of which can be found in our magazine, Israel, My Glory. While Svi is now in the presence of his Savior, his collected writings from well over 50 years of ministry continue to encourage believers worldwide. Now, Apples of Gold, a dramatic reading from the life of Svi. A few days ago, I went to Bethlehem to visit an injured Arab friend. All of his family and friends were there. At first, the conversation was about general matters, but then someone remarked, When God created Eve, he deceived and desecrated Adam by putting him to sleep and robbing him of his rib to make a woman. Apparently, already back then, God was on the side of the Jews. I did not understand the logic of this statement. Soon the people became more excited, and I could not get in a word. Sensing the fanaticism and bitterness, 
I decided to leave. But the head of the house became hostile and prevented me from going. I said, I came here to visit a fellow worker who was injured, and you treat me like this. Shame on you. This is not at all in the Arab tradition of hospitality to a guest. My words apparently had a sobering effect on them, especially when I said in Arabic, God is one, and he is for all people without exception. When God created mankind, there were no Jews, no Arabs, no other nationalities. But when man sinned, he soon learned to hate others and to kill. People began to spread lies about each other and despise each other. For instance, you have been told that Jewish people have horns and tails. But you live among us, and you can see that we are the same kind of people as you are. In fact, we are your relatives through Abraham. Over time, the children of Abraham began to hate and persecute one another. They lacked mercy and compassion until the time came when the Father in heaven sent his salvation into the world. And where did that happen? Right here in this little town of Bethlehem. Here was born the one whom you call Isa, and the Jews call Yeshua. And all the world knows of Jesus. This Jesus brought to all people forgiveness of sins and eternal salvation, and he taught us to love one another. The eldest man present remarked, How amazing! I thought the Jews hated Jesus, but you defend him. Are you really a Jew? I replied, Yes. We who believe in Jesus are completed Jews. I came to see you because Jesus put love into my heart and told me to come see you. Jesus told us how to love our enemies. One of the men said, We all respect you for what you believe. But we cannot agree with one thing. This Isa was a prophet, but Muhammad was the greatest of all prophets. I showed them from the scripture that the Lord Jesus Christ was the one promised in the Old Testament. I explained that the New Testament tells us how he brought love into the world in contrast with the Quran, which says in Surah 190, Hate your enemy, kill him wherever you find him. They looked at each other perplexed and could not answer me. I then read John 3.16, For God so loved the world, that he gave his only Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. The eldest man began to cry. He walked over to me, embraced me, kissed me, and said, Thank you very much. You taught us a great lesson today. We have so much to learn, especially about love. This is so strange to us. A quick reminder, you can purchase your copy of Elwood McQuaid's book, For the Love of Zion, at our website. I'll give you the details in a moment. Chris, it was good to have Josh Reinstein with us today. Do you have any closing thoughts before we go? You know, Jerusalem is at the heart of the Jewish people. It's been at the heart of the Jewish people for millennia. And so this move was a right move for President Trump to make. And I think from what we heard from Josh Reinstein, this was a good move for the Israelis as well. And I want you to know this, my friends. For nearly 80 years, the Friends of Israel has been committed to making the Messiah Jesus known and proclaiming the truth of God's word globally. And my friends, our ministry 
is only able to thrive through the faithful giving of our listeners like you. Would you please consider a gift to support the radio ministry of the Friends of Israel today? Your donation allows us to continue teaching biblical truth about Israel and the Messiah as we stand alongside our Jewish friends in these ever-changing times. Visit foiradio.org to click on our donate link. Also, let us know where you're listening when you contact us. Thank you, Chris. Visit our website at foiradio.org. That's foiradio.org. Or contact our listener line at 888-343-6940. Once again, that's 888-343-6940. Our host and teacher is Chris Katolka. Today's program was produced by Tom Gallion, co-written by Sarah Fern, Mike Kellogg read Apples of Gold, and our theme music was composed and performed by Jeremy Strong. I'm Steve Conover, executive producer. The Friends of Israel Today is a production of the Friends of Israel Gospel Ministry. We are a worldwide Christian ministry communicating biblical truth about Israel and the Messiah while fostering solidarity with the Jewish people. Mm-hmm.